listening to Finding Your Genius Zone with Dirk Nouvelle. It's not just a job. It's not just a paycheck. Or at least it doesn't have to be. With the help of experts across industries, Dirk helps you find your passion and career, as well as exposing the unknown parts of every vocation. Let's go deep. Let's find your genius zone right now. Here's Dirk Novell. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. This is Dirk Novell, and on with me is a friend of mine, a new friend, uh, John Utley. Uh, and John is a, a guy that I met. He lives in my area, and we used to... Uh, we still drink coffee at the same spot, and over a period of time, I think the first time I met Johnny was wearing an Oregon Ducks or the color of the Ducks, and I'm not a Duck fan, but I think that's what kicked off our conversation. But I always noticed John deep in like thought. He was always on his computer, and you could tell he was working on big things. But long story short, we got to know each other. Super cool guy. I really enjoy hanging out with him, and. You know, I wanted to him uh, on this show just because I'm super impressed with his background, not only what he's been doing, you know, for the last three, four decades, but he's also doing some cool stuff as well, which I think is important to understand that when you're in a career, it doesn't always mean that it's your only career. It can lead to other uh, situations. So I'm going to throw it back uh, to John, and he's going to talk a little bit about what he does, what he's done, and we'll go from there. Welcome, John. Hey, Thanks. I think for the intro, I'm not yeah. too sure. Oh, is that a was that a bad one? <laughs> no, you, you left out some important details of coffee, but no, it's good. Are you a duck? Was that right? Were you a duck? Yeah, well, that's because my youngest boy was born literally on campus. We did some time in Eugene, ah. so I uh, man, I I drank the uh, duck Kool Aid. Yeah, time in Eugene sounds about right. I I've heard it's a cool town. I'm just a husky and. I got tired of them kicking our butt for so long. So anyway, uh, yeah. so John, what, tell us a little bit about kind of maybe what you do, what you've done, the roles you've had in technology. Yeah, I'll just give you the kind of the quick uh, Twitter version, but I'd say this, you know, when I first started out in my career, uh, none of the big companies would hire me. No offense to my university, Central Washington University over there in Ellensburg. <laughs> Eberg, baby. <laughs> Right. Uh, so I was like, shoot, what am I going to do? So I, uh, I was fortunate. I mean, that's not how I saw it back in the day, but to work at three startups uh, where I was employee six, 11 and 19. And I'll never forget before I started, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I worked for a uh, recruiting company. And this is back in the day when candidates had to pay the fee. Mm -hmm. So I kind of ADD'd you, Dirk, just for a second, but I thought this is kind of cool. But this will be, again, Twitter version. But because I didn't know what I wanted, I kind of know what I wanted to do, but I didn't want to pay the fee. It was like $3,000 when I was, you know, 22 or something. But uh, I worked at Business Careers. It's a headhunting company. I think it's still around in downtown Seattle. I think so. And, and it was straight commission. And I'm not kidding when I say this. You know, uh, you've heard it before, but, well – I'm probably, you and I know what the yellow pages are, but when I started my boss, his name was Sam Henry. I think he's still a recruiter to this day. Anyways, very first day he throws the yellow pages on my desk, which was in a big, it was a cubicle in a bullpen and he was on the other side of me, but he said, Hey, I want you to go through the yellow pages and find companies that are hiring. And I was like, Oh, this is cool. So, um, I'll tell you the reason why I did it though. And I'm all, this is a 10 seconds is I wanted to 
I wanted to get exposed to what was out there. And what I would do, this is awful because um, I'm dating myself massively, but we, at the end of, at five o'clock, everybody would go home. I would stay there and go through the filing cabinets. We didn't have the internet back then. And I'd be looking for these jobs. And um, I was there exactly 34 days, but, but I found this company selling dial-up internet to companies with multiple locations. <laughs> so that's how I got into tech and I started selling dial-up. Um, you know, um, for a startup. And so that's how things got kicked off. Was that Spry? No. SpryNet? Not, okay. No, I'm trying to blank out. If you were to ask me, I don't even know if I could tell you the name. I had but, a buddy, um, I had a buddy, uh, Kelly Smith. He worked uh, at Real Networks, but before that, he internet in a box. It was a company <clears> that would send us to you on it. I remember the dial up, but anyway. Yeah. And it's interesting because um, I was selling, um, tech right in the thick of the dot-com era, but I was so, you know, so young. Well, when it comes to the dot-com era, I was so young and I, I was thinking to myself, I know there's a lot of money being made, but I don't know where to start. So I was thinking that, but anyways, I was fortunate not realizing it, that I was in the tech space. Um, so that's how I got started. Now, I'll, again, short answer on what do I do? I was, I've been fortunate enough to work again at, at those startups and all three of those, by the way, all had successful IPOs and I was responsible for the top line revenue. I had, you know, private equity, venture capitalist pressures. I remember having an, my own little um, analyst ankle biter at one of the companies that would track and trace every move I did. So I did that, but then also um, I, w I was lucky enough to work at Salesforce and that's really kind of like what opened my eyes to corporate America. like how to really run a business this is before Salesforce was a household name. So I won't spend too much time there. Uh, but then um, I went to IBM and um, I led a sector and this is really relevant. I think I'll spend a second on this, yeah. but I was responsible for their, one of their sectors and that was the industrial sector. And I started there as a consultant in 2014. Okay. Um, and that sector, the industrial sector, and this is, it was automotive, oil and gas, consumer goods and electronics. That's what I was responsible for, the top line revenue for that. So we had a couple hundred sellers inside, outside, running around, you know, trying to sell all kinds of high tech stuff. Okay. So now what I was thinking though, Dirk is, you know, cause really what I do is, you know, really not that you know, exciting, but I was thinking of pivoting because I was having a conversation. You tell me if I'm, yeah. if I don't go there, but you know, um, in 2014, I was talking to myself. I know you saw me talk to myself at the coffee shop a few times. A lot actually. And yeah. That's why I kind of went to the other side of the coffee shop. <laughs> but I was literally, I was approaching 50 and you tell me if I'm out of bounds, if I'm, if I go. But, Nothing's out of bounds, brother. Okay. Uh, just speak your mind, say whatever you want. Okay. So uh, no disrespect to IBM, but there was some um, lawsuits going on around age discrimination. Like we would go down the hallway and it was a joke. Us old, you know, I was in my late forties at the time, but I remember seeing these, you know, guys in their late or in their fifties saying, Oh my gosh, you're still here. You're still here. <laughs> it was a joke yeah. because of their age. Yeah. So that really woke me up just because I had a mortgage and three kids and, you know, married and all that kind of stuff. So the conversation myself, and, and this is so relevant to today, 
Um, but the conversation I was having with myself is how can I um, add value in my 50s without being discriminated against? Because I was terrified. You know, it's probably bad, but I live my life kind of paranoid. So sometimes that's good. Sometimes it's bad. But I'll say this is I knew I had to I knew that the world was going to change. And by the way, by the way, I was leading um, when I was at IBM, I was leading um, a team in the blockchain space. And for those of you that are familiar with blockchain, that's the tech under crypto. So I'm one of the OGs in the blockchain space. And I knew what blockchain could do, good and bad, globally. Um, and at the time, blockchain was just getting started. It was just being birthed. But the problem was for me is, is um, I knew that blockchain was also going to literally decimate jobs in a matter of years, not back in 2014, 2015, right? So I was comparing blockchain with AI. I was also selling AI, machine learning, cybersecurity, uh, quantum on the cloud just got launched. So then I was thinking, gosh, out of all of these, which ones are gonna be like from a, a growth perspective and the most disruptive, right? And it, I just kept coming back to blockchain. So, and I would, you know, like my recruiting story, when I would stay after work, um, it was kind of the same similar story when I was at IBM, I would just literally read as much information as I could um, because I was fortunate enough to have access into like Forrester, Gartner, those kind of reports that cost $1,000, $5,000. So I was just, I was soaking those in, trying to figure out my lane. Anyways, after just being a voracious reader for about 18 months, I decided to double down on blockchain. And that was back in 2015. And it's ironic because here in 2023, um, it's becoming, you know, part of the conversation per se. And yeah. it's going to really be main stage here in a couple of years before people, you know, the average person really knows it. So am I okay? Yeah, no, I this is great. I mean, there's a lot of things that are uh, coming up. Like, I mean, this is part of my exposure to you is I remember it's always difficult for guys like you to have to explain things to guys like me, like I remember asking you about crypto and, you know, I had some friends in that industry that you're aware of, uh, yeah. but you're always, you, you seem to be really in um, <clears throat> the flow in terms of like, you, you genuinely seem enthusiastic. And, you know, part of this podcast is not only educating people on careers, but interviewing people who are in their flow in their genius zone. And I'm not yeah. saying like you're the genius of the world, but you know, you talk about going after this, the reading and the content, you seem to really like, from what I observe, you really seem to be into this stuff. You know, yeah. And yes, that's a good kind of segue. I think, and I'm being, I'm, I'm being um, really transparent. So and I think a lot of it Dirk has to do with just um, kind of being paranoid. I mean, there's the world is flat. You know, Tom Friedman, New York Times columnist, wrote a book, The World is Flat. Gosh, I think it was 15 years ago. And that really spooked me, meaning my competition, you know, even though I was living and working in Seattle, my competition was not just in Seattle anymore or Portland or New York City. It was anywhere. India, China, Japan. I was like, oh, gosh, I am not that to your point a few seconds ago. 
uh, I am not nowhere. I'm not that intelligent and I, I'm okay with that, but I had to quickly figure out my lane. So, and you know, what's interesting is, is when I start, I'm going to fast forward here soon to this day, because I'm literally going through the same mental gymnastics today as I was back in 2014 and 2015, but today versus back then, it's like 10 X worse. This, you know, um, the environment we're in for people that either want to, if I'm 23 or 24, you know, get into a new career or, you know, we just had the great resignation in the U S like what, 14 months ago. And, you know, some of the, I'm some, some of these people are probably having the same similar conversation that I had in 2015 or that I'm having now, which I, I really can't wait to jump into that yeah. in a second. Yeah. But, um, I'll say this. Um, personally, <laughs> when I finally figured out what the heck blockchain was, and it took me about a year and a half to figure it out, I was asking myself the question of, hey, do I, so first of all, from a W-2 standpoint, I knew I wanted to stay in corporate America for maybe the next 10 years, and I knew blockchain was it. And with, with um, LinkedIn, if I updated my LinkedIn page properly, not just with the content, but the, where the content would go within my LinkedIn page from an SEO perspective that my LinkedIn page, I have like 15,000 first degree connections and by design, 14,000 of those are recruiters by design. And I knew that if I had the right content strategically located in my LinkedIn page, that once there would be blockchain recruiters, because at the time there wasn't, but they would eventually find me. And they did. So, so that. Yeah. yeah, real quick. I don't mean to interrupt you because this is such an interesting. I, I haven't had anyone yet talk about this, this, this niche or this, you know, mm. so I would just, mm. just, just for the audience, you know, if you're, you know, 24, 25 or whatever, yep. and you're like, I've heard of it. I know a buddy. And can you just do your best to give us a, uh, you know, a, four or five sentence or whatever description, how would you define blockchain? And maybe more importantly, how is it going to be, how is it going to change things or how is it changing things and why are you so into it? What's funny, you know, back in 2015, I was mostly attracted to it for the goodness. So like, for example, um, and this cuts both ways. So what I'll never forget is there was this woman, I never met her, but it was a use case where she was, she would grow. No, that she was doing recycling. She would literally, she was in a third world country. She would go into like these dumps, you know, like a dumpster diver, just trying to look for recyclables. Right. And then what she would do is take that, say, you know, aluminum can and go turn it in and get basically nothing for it. But eventually that aluminum can would make it through nine different middlemen eventually as an example to the, you know, to the end destination. Well, I'll never forget because of blockchain, um, there does not need to be any middlemen anymore because of the smart contracts. So what that, what I learned quickly learned was, is that woman could now bypass those eight steps and go directly to the source and have a buyer seller relationship with no middleman because of the chain, the blockchain. It could so, validate. Yeah. Right. So I don't mean to jump in, but like, to me, this is awesome. But like, I feel like 
it's freedom. It's, 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 it's equality, right? Like you're, you're allowing people in other parts of the world that would never have access um, to kind of cut to the chase and go right to the consumer or whatever. To me, it's actually just evening things out. Would you say it that is yeah. accurate? Okay. It's definitely going to level the playing field. And, you know, I think there's, um, gosh, what is it? Three or 4 billion people across the world that do not have a bank account, let alone just here in America, in the States, there's 40 million people that don't have a bank account. And, um, now with blockchain and digital wallets, you don't need one. Right. And, and, and it'll just, it will allow, you know, if you want to work for yourself, it will allow you to, um, work for yourself because, because of the transparency, you, you will be perceived as like a trusted source I'm trying to, I'm kind of turning into a little bit of a word salad guy, a little bit. I'm trying to be, you know, um, kind of water this down a little bit. Well, real quick, when you're talking about it, keep in mind, you got people watching right now yeah. that are like interested, right? I mean, I remember coming out of college and, you know, video audio streaming, you know, inter you know, video over the internet was sexy, right? It was different. And I went to work for Mark Cuban and we did that. People like think about what, what kind of opportunities are available like for people in this space? Space. Yeah. yeah. Jeez. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You got it. Uh, by the way, before I, I'm going to, this is an answer to your question. So by the way, um, there's a hedge fund called ARK Invest, A-R-K Invest. Okay. Yeah. You sent me the um, annual. That was amazing. Yeah. It's awesome. So uh, Kathy Wood legend in the making founder she publicizes all of her findings and her company puts out it's called big ideas 2023 yeah she's into tech but it's not just blockchain and ai which she's into but she announces every year you know the hot hot trends and you know to quantify it there's like 13 or 14 every year so it's again it's she's in the healthcare space as well but um, the reason why I mentioned that is because it's just loaded with quality, quality data. Um, if anybody's very, you know, interested, and it's free, it's like a hundred-page uh, PDF loaded with content. Yeah, right? I read it. You gave it to me about a year ago. Robotics, AI. I mean, yeah. blockchain. Um, like these are all like think. And this, like, taking. I don't mean to interrupt you again, but taking a step back, like what John's talking about is the future, right? I mean, industries that are going to make Amazon look like a 7-Eleven maybe, right? I mean, they're going to they're going to take over. So, I think it's really important to clue into what he's talking about and actually access this data uh yeah. you know, and read up about it because this is the future, right? And these are the these are where the jobs are. Yeah, so my suggestion would be is to find material position papers like that. Now, when it comes to blockchain in particular, the CAGR, the cumulative average growth rate, it's kind of like a batting average, but it is off the charts between now and like 2027. Um, blockchain is one of like blockchain AI, more so blockchain, because AI with the data sets, there's certain use cases where, you know, like with this new GPT-4 that's out, banks cannot use that. Um, for obvious reasons. So they're going to have their own little small data sets. But uh, blockchain, from my understanding, is one of the few technologies that will literally cut through every single slice through every single sector and every 
single industry, which is great. However, there's a downside. And the downside is, is that it is going to literally annihilate jobs, annihilate. So um, if it doesn't, oh, here we go. A lot of us has, have been saying as of recent that, and here's the saying, and, I, and I've said it is, wow, how did I say this? Um, wow, um, we'll never see that again. Meaning um, like say books, you know, hard paper books. Now they're not extinct, but I'm, I can't come up with the example, but here's my point. Um, we are going to be saying to ourselves now, wow, that's never going to be the same again, if that makes sense, right? That's going to be kind of the new thing, the new saying, in my opinion. And here's why I say that is because if you want to go into marketing, if you want to be an attorney, right? My question, my comment or thought to anybody considering what lane you want to pick, just be sure that your career cannot be replaced either by blockchain because it's not going to need a middleman per se or gpt4 right now when it was just blockchain uh, i was worried now with gpt4 um because i've used i'm probably 500 hours now deep into gpt4 not just gpt3 um and yeah i probably should pause here dirk because now because now, and you know where I'm at in my life, I'm having this conversation again with what I had in 2015. Because now, I'm not worried about age discrimination anymore. I'm worried about automation, aka the chain, the blockchain, combined with uh, GPT-4. Right? Yeah, I mean, you're bringing up. I mean, this is what I love about these discussions is. You're just kind of going down a road that's actually a brilliant um, thing to talk about is, you know, when you're 24, 25, whatever, I keep saying those ages, you could be 35 watching this, just kind of changing your career. But you're thinking about things along the lines of, I just need a job, you know, uh, I, I, you know, I need to pay rent, I need to pay a mortgage, I'm starting a family. Um, but I don't, you know, so two things, I don't think a lot of people think the genius zone is about aligning yourself in a career that matches your true skills, your interests, your passions. And, you know, my dad's voice is like, son, just get a job. You know, you don't have to love your job, but I, I really disagree. I've yeah. seen people really slow down when they're not into what they're doing. And I've seen people really accelerate in terms of be really friggin' successful when they love it. And I, so on one hand, I, I want to see more people identify and think about like their uniqueness and how it, works with a certain career but what you're talking about is another thing that people need to think about is you know the world changes industries change technology changes and you need to be really aware of whatever you're getting into um the longevity and i mean i know 10 years ago we didn't know much about blockchain or a lot of people weren't talking about it so you don't know but i also think what john you're bringing up is a really good point of people just really you know like is this career going to be around, right? Yeah, hundred percent. I love that. <laughs> yeah, is it going to be around tomorrow? I mean, things are changing. You know that old saying, like that word exponentially. Yep. <laughs> Even that's changed. 
things aren't changing exponentially anymore. They're changing. We have to start thinking linear, like things are going like straight up as an example. And part of that reason now is, is because, you know, GPT-4 has allowed the world to scale ideas, right? I knew back in 2015 that uh, cryptocurrencies were going to be a thing this decade. But that also meant that the world would have to dramatically change. And sure, it's changed a lot in the last eight years. But uh, this decade, let alone this next five years, we're going to see more change in the next five years than we've seen in the last 100 years. So for anybody that's interested or thinking about changing their career, or getting into one, Either it could be scary or it could be an amazing time. And I'll give you an like, if it's okay, I'll give you an example of like what I'm kicking around yeah. for myself. So by the way, what I didn't say was, is, um, you know, back in 2015, um, well, actually back in the dot-com era, you know, when I, when I was talking about that, I missed that opportunity and I, I kicked myself, right? Um, and I swore to myself, I would never do that again. Well, guess what happened in the global financial crisis? I got, I lost everything. I'm like, dang it. That happened twice. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so I, I vowed to myself and I knew that crypto was going to be a thing, but then I also knew back in 2015 that every company as an example would have their own crypto. So fast forward today. Well, now there's over 23,000 of them. So why am I saying this? And, and that's because I taught myself how to do technical analysis starting back in 2015. And there's a reason why I'm telling you this is you fast forward to today. I'm well over 12,000 hours into that started a hedge fund, you know, on the Bitcoin, um, Ethereum futures on the Chicago mercantile, uh, the setup that I built for that hedge fund was something that I taught myself the hard way over the last eight years. And the reason why I'm mentioning that is because, you know, from an investment standpoint, I thought, you know what, that's the only way I'm going to be able to figure out which is going to be a winner, the fastest horse in terms of crypto, which is great. Love it. But it's also going to allow me to figure out which sector, which industry is going to be good or bad. Because in this world we also live in today, the old world is decaying right in front of our eyes. And there's a new world being built right in front of our eyes, which most people can't see, which is, um, and I mean this respectfully because our society has created people to be delusional. And I mean that so, I mean it respectfully. You right? Are you a Trump fan? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I'm not, I'm, you know what? <laughs> you know, I'll put it to you this way. Common sense is the new superpower. How about that? I love it. No, I'm kidding. Right? You know um, what I mean? I love it, dude. I mean, because you're throwing out a lot of gold. Like, I'm just thinking about what a younger person's, how they're articulating, interpreting all this. Like, like it's it scares me. I mean, I'm 52. You don't have to tell me how old you are. Um, but, like, I don't, I, I, I'm listening to you and, like, but this is stuff, like, I've seen you. You're excited. Like, you love this. Like, you're working yeah. your ass off, but like, 
I can tell it's like when I design homes, like I'll stay up till three in the night, you know, designing floor plans or whatever. I love it. Like yeah. you really, you really love it. And I don't think you would even be doing, I don't even think you'd be where you are if you didn't love it. So can you just talk a little bit about like the importance of, of, um, of having real interests and drive around <clears throat> what you do? I mean, I feel like you yeah. have had jobs probably where you're just kind of, you know, yeah. Yeah. doing doing what you can. And then you got this thing that's just kind of exciting. Like, yeah. tell talk talk to us about how it feels in both camps. I got to be careful because. Um, so, or, or just talk about how it feels in the camp that, you know, like, excites you. Here we go. Um, well, I'll just share this for anybody that's considering. See, you know, in corporate America. So the company I work at now bought the business unit at IBM, right? So I'm, I feel like this is an IBM sister company. Um, gosh, the company I work at now is about, I think there's 200,000 of us. We do about 12 billion in revenue. So I'm on the sales and marketing side. Um, and, you know, with COVID, um, you know, I said, well, that'll never be the same. Right. Well, client visits, you don't go on site anymore. As, a, as an example, we just do this. So a lot of things have changed, which has directly negatively impacted how to create pipeline. You know, if you're in sales. Right. And the reason why I say that is because um, the culture. And I'll just speak for my world is brutal. It is. Finger pointing left and right. Right. I mean, today's corporate America is different than what it was just a few years ago. Are you talking about like cover your ass, like make a mistake, something didn't go well, it wasn't me, it was that dude down the hall, that kind of stuff. You better. It's all. It's it's brutal. And not to get too not to get too political, but I want to incorporate this. You're talking about your age, and I mean, you know, this isn't a political podcast, but. Like, are, did you, were you also uh, getting after the fact that you're a white male? I mean, is that also something? Okay. That- so, and man, I'm, I'm not, I am not exaggerating when I say this, but I talk to HR often um, because I'm hiring and this just happened a few weeks ago. And this sh- w- woman said to me, John, um, I do not want you to hire, and this is verbatim, John, I do not want you to hire any more white old males. I was like, hey, I don't want to name her name, but I was like, "You're, that's me. And so not only that, did she say it once? I think I've heard it probably seven or eight times. So now, by the way, this is another thing. So there's another massive movement, right? It, the environmental social governance, ESG movement, and corporate America, especially the enterprises, the executive staff, and this is worth mentioning, a high percentage of their annual bonus is around their ESG score, which is like our credit score. So why is that relevant? Well, that is because of this uh, diversity and inclusion that's taking place, right? Um, and I mean, no disrespect when I say any of this stuff, no, but I'm not taking it that way, but it's a reality. I mean, it is what it is. And, and, yep. and, and people need to think about this as it relates to a career. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm not a fan of, um, corporate America. Um, I think I have, um, boy, I drank the Kool-Aid 
I was indoctrinated, unfortunately, but which led me to, because I can read the charts, um, I can tell now which industries are decaying and which ones are just being birthed as an example. Uh, but I will say this, if it's okay, Dirk, you know, for me, I, I want to work for myself and that's what I'm doing behind the scenes. That's why I haven't seen yet coffee. And, and, and right now couldn't, there could not be a better time to work for yourself, period. And this could be either, you know, I'm not talking, I'm not, I'm not suggesting like doing brick and mortar, you know, like opening up a retail store, it's everything's online. And that is where the world is going. The, the tools out there are unfreaking believable. And that's what, you know, for my business, like, for example, chat GPT four, I am now, as we speak, training GPT four um, to be an employee. So right now I'm, I have, I have three employees in my business and I'm one of the three, right? And for example, so chat GPT will be kind of the front end interface for people that knock on my door to my online business, right? And by the way, as another side note, I heard this the other day that in 2023 will be the first year where we see as an example, say $10 million companies that are 10 million in revenue, right? There's gonna be tons of them now with one employee. And that's because of AI slash um, GPT-4, right? So I know what that is. I, you know, I actually wrote the code for it. So I know, I know it. That's <laughs> awesome. No. Okay. So I can, I mean, again, can you kind of break that down in a simple way? I mean, not in a simple, but just try to like explain that. Like, let's say my mom's watching this. Yeah. Um, tell us what, tell us what it is and tell us like, give us a couple of examples yeah. of how it's going to eliminate certain jobs. Yeah. You know, the best way I describe GPT-4 is, is Star Wars. So, um, Luke Skywalker, because Star Wars is awesome. I think it's impacted like four generations now, right? Yeah. But L Luke Skywalker in the very first one with um, R two D two could be CP three. You know, CP three. Um, I'm saying his name. CP three O. Yeah. So it's basically like um, I'm Luke. And you, I'm trying to think. You are Harrison Chewbacca. Ford. No, I'm Harrison no, Ford. I, I was thinking. I was thinking Chewie. All right, I'll be, you be, you'll be that. Or your Princess Leia. You'll be, okay, I'll be her. Um, but okay. literally, but literally, it's, so you know how like Luke would literally talk to R2-D2 as a human? That is the way GPT-4 is designed. You literally talk to that thing like a human. doesn't matter your, um, your intellect, your experience. And this is the thing. The value of education is is on the table, meaning, you know, like University of Austin of all campuses announced they're going to ban GPT-4 on campus. This was like a month ago or GPT-3 at the time. And I'm just thinking to myself, you guys, that's not the way to do it. We have got to figure out how do we work with, not against. Hell yeah. Right. Because, I mean, if somebody wants to, you know, get into a new career, the first thing I would suggest is if you don't have access to, you know, good position papers, you know, that cost $5,000, which is sub 1% of the population in the U.S., you know, you got to have a nice seat at the table for the company you're working at. Literally, 
um, GPT-4. It's now $20 a month. It was free, but it's only 20 bucks. And just at literally, like I was talking to him the other night about Bitcoin. Yeah. Like, hey, tell me, first of all, first of all, I said, hey, tell me the top 10, um, the world's biggest challenges. So we listed off the top 10. Then I said, well, tell me how can Bitcoin solve that? As a, just as an example, I'm just using that as an example. But if somebody is interested in, you know, getting into a field or starting a business, I would lean on GPT-4 all day long. To ask them about certain careers? Certain careers. Yep, okay. exactly. So it's providing information, right? You, it's like Siri or whatever, you know, you want to play music, you, you ask this is much deeper. So you're asking them to provide content. So writing papers, whatever, uh, getting information, what else is it doing? I mean, is it just information based? It's not actually taking action or does it like set up phone call? I mean, where does it turn into action? Yeah. So action, um, by the way, it can code in every single language. So like I can't even spell code and I'm a professional coder now as uh, an example, right? Or, or um, if you want to book a trip to say, I don't know, Bali, um, you can tell it literally to go find you the best price on an airline. Like just give it, tell it one time. And it, it can actually action it too, to buy it. So, hey, I want to go to Bali. I'm thinking around this date. Tell me the, get, get, quote me the best airfare, the best room rate, right? Where do wow. I go when I'm in Bali? And here's what I like to do. So set me up and I'm going to be in Bali for five, five days, six nights. So why don't you, based off what you know about me, you know, create my itinerary. Yeah. I'm just, this is scary. Um, like my business, you know, my side, you know, side, I do mortgage lending, real estate lending. I mean, why the hell do you need somebody like me? You know, if you can do AI, can interact with the underwriter, underwriting rules, appraised values, they can probably scan income documentation that's filed with the IRS. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it's scary. So is it going to create new jobs? Like, yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, what? this is what's scary is, you know, they're saying, um, I think it was by 2030, but 40% of all jobs will be in the automation space. 40%. So, um, as, and so what is that going to do? I can't remember, but it was like one out of every three, it's a high percentage of jobs are going to be just, you know, wiped out. However, um, there are going to be, um, you know, a flood of new jobs, but what's scary is we really don't know what those are yet. Right. So let me, let me go back a little bit and like, it's interesting. I, I gotten to know you and, you know, more we talk, the more I learn, but like what I sensed in our podcast today is, I don't know, like, I don't want to throw words out there, but I am curious, like, are like paranoid's not the word, but like, you really, you really think about like, you're a little worried, right? Yeah. Have you always been that way? Unfortunately, yes. But um, when I learned about blockchain in 2015 and then with charts, charts are a way to see the future. And I knew that the world was going to be different 
And I've always been a few years ahead of my time. It's not because I'm smart. It's just because charts still tell a story. It's around human emotions. And it's almost like I can, I feel like a psychic. I mean, a macro. I mean, it's not, I am not some special person. You are um, special, I think. I am not. But like I knew that this decade was going to be difficult back in 2015. I didn't realize, you know, we were going to have all this stuff. Right. Yeah. And we're just, the party's just getting started. By the way, if I could say one more thing around careers, because this is so relevant. Say it's it, around, so it's around um, in my battery. I have like 12 percent. So sorry, Dirk. But um, it's around um, demography. OK, so as you may be aware, I was geeking out on demography about a year ago. I spent probably a good couple hundred hours on it. Would it tell, tell us what that is? Yeah, so demography is really kind of the study of humans, uh, population, as an example. Okay. And if you can, if you can just wrap your arms around population um, growth or decline, as an example, boy, you could do really well from an investing standpoint as all as well as a career standpoint. So here's kind of the net net of what I learned is this is the oldest the world has ever been. We are old and we are getting older combined with the birth rate is declining. So we need just to, just to sustain the current populations across for any country, it needs to be for every woman needs to be 2.1 kids. That's the average, right? And there's not one country that's even close to that. I think the U.S. is at like, you know close to one, 1.1, 1.2, right? So why is this important? Because um, for today, you know, now we have, we're, the Gen Zs are piggybacking off of the millennials, largest segment ever, you know, even more so than the baby boomers. Well, now the Gen Zers are the smallest demographic ever coming off of the millennials. So why, why am I saying this? is because I'm also thinking about seriously considering doing some hard labor. Why is that? And that's because, you know, if you look at, um, I'll just pick on men for now, like hard labor. I think of men. And I'm, oh, don't I'm, pick, men shouldn't and, be picked on. And I, and I, and I, that's how I'm dating myself, but, um, and this could, you know, this is for men and women, but from the ages of 10 to 28, give or take, I might be off a year. Right. But if you break down that, that category, and I'm going to oversimplify it into thirds. So one third is a felon, one third is not doing anything, and the other third is a high high intellectual. Okay. Now, what I am seriously considering doing is, you know, just like hard labor of say maybe you know like pressure washing, because and why is that? That's because there is no one out there to do that work. They just in right, and because especially the highly intellects, they're like, I'm not going to do that job. I'm, you know, I'm going to go work at a Nasdaq 100, as an example. Yeah, I mean, or, are you are the, you really talking about trades? Trades, uh, you know, trades is. By the way, this decade for trades, yes, Dirk. Re, you know, I wouldn't have done the trades back and when I was starting my career because I wanted to get into. You know, there's a lot of people in trade, electrician, plumbers, all that kind of stuff. It is. It is gonna. It is going to be so in vogue this decade, dude. And I have you so, can make a I love ton it, of man. Money. I have so many. I mean, I'm interviewing 
plumbers, electricians, HVAC, framers. Um, I mean, it's, I don't understand why more people don't pursue trades. I mean, you're your own boss, uh, the demand. I mean, it's like, you know, corporate America. I mean, I've been laid off. I've had my quota raised, my commission cut. I mean, I'm not a corporate guy at all. I'm very independent like you. But if I was to rewind it, I mean, hell, talking about pressure wash, I friggin' love pressure wash. I do it all the time. My neighbors used to think I had a problem because I literally (laughs) would clean off my drive. I don't know what it is. I just, I get a pressure washer in my hand and I feel like God. But uh, it's, um, I'm with you, man. I think it's the future. And uh, I'd love to see more young adults go down that road. So I got to say this because I have 4% of my battery, but you know, my son at the time was, 13. He's like, you know, I want to start a side hustle in the summer. I'm like, oh, shoot, let's just do landscaping. Yeah. Because right? everybody's done that or selling lemonade. Right. Yeah. Well, lo and behold, the timing was perfect because uh, that little landscaping job where you and I work, you know, it's not highly densely populated, but he created this little landscaping gig, created enough work for 10 jobs for four consecutive summers. And he was making like 40 or 50 grand a summer. Why is that? Because there's no one else out there really that is going to do it totally by the way you right. have four percent left on what your my head's... mac okay so uh, we're gonna wrap wrap this puppy this, up yeah okay sorry, so Dirk. oh it's dude this is good stuff i mean i love it so let's just a couple questions uh and you can answer them quickly if you were to go back in time 20 mm. you know coming out of windy central over in eberg uh what what would you do would you like i mean i know it's hard to say because you've had life experience but knowing your life experience and then the second question is Take away technology, because I know you're really into it. You're into, take it, anything technology related, what would be your dream job? If there's some job out there like yeah. dancing or whatever. Um, so first question, second question. Yeah, what would I do different? You know, I would have taken my, I would have spent more time exploring um, ideas, avenues, um, I was so young. I didn't realize how vast this world was and is, you know, this like talking to guys like you or, you know, some of the guys that we know, um, talking to people more, learning more about being wise. learning more. I didn't okay. do that. Yeah. You know, I think I that's like, great advice for people. Like if obvious. you don't know, talk to people, it's go hang out. It's, it's so simple. And it's, you know, we've heard about it for generations, but I would have done that. And then, you know, what do I want to do? And I'm going to live my dream. Um, meaning I literally, and you know, this Dirk, as I, because I taught myself how to trade, um, I am going to pay it forward. And I am literally, when my youngest son, son graduates, I bought a van, I'm getting it converted. I'm going to live in that thing and I'm going to travel the country and I want to teach people how to trade for free. I want to pay it forward. I love and, it, man. And that way I can meet people and have, you know, buddies like you. And I want to see people make some money. And there's literally, that's it. I want nothing out of it, but to see people, because these times are tough and it's not going to get easier this, this decade. There's going to be, there's going to be a divide. I mean, there's going to be money. Money doesn't go away, but either on this side of the track or this side. And I want to make sure that I get people on the right side. Anything else that you feel compelled to say along the lines of this podcast, advice, careers, anything that maybe you haven't said yet? I'm going to say it one more time is um, GPT-4. 
it has leveled the playing field. If you don't know what to do, um, talk to it like a human, you know, talk to it like, you know, it's your Catholic priest. <laughs> Just be vulnerable with it. Hmm. Don't outsmart it. Literally say, hey, I don't know what to do. Here's my skill set. Coach me as an example. Would it help write letters to my wife if I don't, if I mess up or I don't speak her love language? You know, what's funny is I, when I get a difficult email or I got to write, write a difficult email to my boss, guess who writes it for me? So yes. Wow. Wow. I know. That's good advice, dude. This is good stuff. I really, I mean, we went a lot of directions, but I think anyone watching this is going to think, think very hard about, you know, especially if they're geared towards technology, what they're going to do. And I love it. Yeah. Thanks, Dirk. And I, I, I think what you're doing is great, especially in these times. So good on you. Do you think this. this chat could replace me? I mean, I think there'll always be need for podcasters, right? Uh, that's actually, that's a great question. It's like, seriously. Um, but no, I, I, yeah. I thought about that too, um, but I don't think this can be erased. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And that chat GBT4, it sounds like a gang, doesn't it? I, I mean, it, it does. When you say it, I think of like those prison gangs. You know what I mean? It's scary, but maybe we could start our own little, uh, you do t-shirts. How's that, John? And you and I will start wearing them and who knows, maybe we, uh, I, I, I don't know, dude, I've never been to this site. I've never done it. So is it as simple as just logging it in, going to the site and then hitting a button and then asking the question? Yeah, it, literally, it's called prompts. And yeah. there, by the way, there's in, universities now creating degrees around prompt engineering. It's all about what you ask it to do. Okay. So it could be a series of questions, not just one. How about that? Like B, make it complicated if you want. Dude, I wonder, I know we've got to go, but I wonder if people used it to try to figure out the NCA college hoops tourney. Like who's going to win the final four? You know how everybody fills out their brackets? So actually, you know what, by the way, um, chat GPT three and four only takes you, it only goes up to, I think the fall of 2021, Uh but there's a Chrome extension that'll get you to current that just came out. So I think the Chrome extension came out after the brackets. Okay. I just thought I just won mine. So um, yeah, whatever I did, I did. Oh, you did. Yeah. There's only 10 guys, but I, Final four hasn't even happened and it's over because no number one seeds got in. But all right, buddy, John, I'm going to say thank you. And I really appreciate your help. Yeah, thanks, Dirk. And I really, this is great stuff. Yeah, man. I hope so. Take care. Okay, cheers. Cheers.